Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues including, but not limited to, mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career, from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top of mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Amy Rojek, and I direct BDO Center for Corporate Governance, and I am so pleased to be sitting down today with Kathy Moy, BDO's Chief People Officer, to talk about the corporate culture imperative through a leadership lens. Kathy and I have known each other for a very long time. Kathy's been with BDO for over 19 years now and has a career that spans well over 35 years in the auditing and accounting profession. And she's been a champion for multiple causes and most importantly, helping build a culture at BDO that really has stood the test of time and has embraced numerous changes, especially over the last several years. So, Kathy, I'm really happy that you're sitting down with me today. Well, thanks for having me. All right. So as part of our um, podcast series for the boardroom, we thought we'd sit down today and talk about the impact of culture and what that means when looking from the inside out from a leadership um, from a, through a leadership lens, I should say. So when we say company culture, I, I think a lot of folks immediately think of human resources. And I know you are on a mission to encourage leaders to see culture as a corporate asset of such significance that it should be a primary issue that rises to the C-suite and board level. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. Yeah, I really do see corporate culture uh, as a key business driver and a competitive advantage that ties directly to revenue and the long-term financial sustainability of an organization. You know, culture is an umbrella concept, right? And it captures many strategic elements that enhance business operations and performance. When we look at the role of the board and its areas of responsibility, you know, strategic oversight, risk mitigation, governance, many of the priorities that fall under these are directly related to culture. You know, you think about oversight and investment strategy, especially technology and related training, upskilling and reskilling. These decisions are all about how we choose to grow our business and where we choose to, to invest our dollars. Prioritizing culture means prioritizing a people-first approach to growth. That means balancing the investments in a critical infrastructure and operations like technology with investments made into the well-being, the technical skills, and the professional growth of the business people. It's the people who will be able to activate the operational investments for the benefit of the business. On the flip side, if a business doesn't prioritize a people-first growth strategy, there is significant risk to the bottom line. Employees leave, strategic operational invest investments don't deliver the anticipated ROI, mergers fall apart, you're wasting rather than leveraging finite financial resources. And, and so, you know, overall governance, um, boy, Culture is so much more than the bottom line. It, it's creating an environment where people can thrive each and every day. It's it's a great culture means taking care of your people and ensuring they're treated fairly and with equity. It means having the right pay and performance programs in place. 
It means understanding and working to correct disparities and opportunities and rewards. You know, so on the issue of governance, it also means making sure you're taking care of your business and thereby your people, your clients, your communities, by cultivating a leadership pipeline that will provide the stewards of the business for the, for the long term into the future. So you can see how it connects uh, very directly to the board's role in governance. Now, absolutely. I, I appreciate that perspective. And so uh, your thoughts around culture, I, I think it's it's really an idea that can really be hard to define. So maybe maybe take a, a stab at how how do you define culture? How should I said how should leaders really be defining culture as it as it appears to their organizations? Sure, it's like one of those topics that you're trying to get a a firm grasp onto Jello, right? Um, but so it's a more amorphous and yet clear, right? And and earned. It isn't something you declare or script. It, it's it's an earned. Um, value. It's earned by the mindset and the actions of business leaders who intentionally, authentically, you know, sustainably create an environment that helps people thrive. And, you know, we call it building culture equity. So, you know, leaders can earn culture equity when they focus on cultivating shared values, attitudes, standards, beliefs um, that are authentic. They they feel real. They can be seen and felt as real to an organization's mission, vision, and purpose. Uh, you've you've got to lead by example and demonstrate that your personal, authentic commitment uh, to the attributes and ideals. Uh, the actions will in turn cultivate a positive, you know, purpose-driven environment for employees, uh, for clients and customers, and and for communities. So you know, example. Um, you know, BDO began very deliberately building culture equity in 2012, which was when uh, our new leadership was uh, took took the helm with under Wayne Burson as CEO, and culture became an immediate priority and really dead center in our strategic plan. It's been we feel instrumental to our success. No, absolutely, and a lot of what you're saying echoes. What the underlies all this, right, is is the development of our core values as a business. So everything you're saying obviously resonates specifically with me as as part of our our you know family here at BDO. But I think it has a lot of uh, meaning externally as well. So I, I want to switch switch it up a little bit and talk about some of the other aspects that are obviously top of mind for many, many people, and that's around environmental social governance, or of course, ESG, as it's becoming much more recognizable as a business imperative. And it, it is and has been top of mind for me and many of our listeners and our guests of this podcast. We've done multiple programs on this. So can you tell me how ESG factors um, into corporate culture? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's similar but different, but but certainly similar in in that it's another one of these umbrella concepts, right? It can it can go wide and deep, um, and so you've got to break it down for it to be actionable. But you know, like culture, ESG captures you know many executive priorities that that ladder up, if you will, to the E, the S, and the G. Um, many of those priorities, you know, fall into both umbrellas, both ESG and culture. Uh, so advancing corporate culture will propel your ESG strategy and and vice versa. You know, example, I think spend a lot of time thinking about our DEI programs and initiatives and 
diversity, equity, and inclusion is an important priority that falls both under corporate culture and ESG. It's a critical component of culture. You, you cannot have a strong culture if someone, if some of your employees don't feel valued or aren't allowed to show up in an authentic way comfortably, creating an environment that embraces and, and beyond embraces, seeks out diverse perspectives and experiences will strengthen culture and enhance business. You know, under ESG umbrella, there's both social and governance DEI elements that should concern boards. You know, social criteria refers to how a company manages relationships and creates value for stakeholders. So clearly DEI is an essential part of the S. Uh, but importantly, what gets measured gets done, we all know. And the way we govern and provide transparency around the DEI programs is a part of good governance. You know, it's important, it's important to note, you know, that stakeholders, particularly employees, but beyond employees, clients, customers, communities, regulators, other corporate stakeholders are expecting more. <laughs> They're expecting more of leaders today as, as stewards of good and sustainable business practice. They, they expect or perhaps demand, you know, more transparency, authenticity, and a commitment on issues that used to be silent um, issues ranging from from climate change mitigation to social justice reform you know they're they're incredibly consequential both from an ESG perspective and the ability to build and retain a strong corporate culture so with so much overlap between the drivers of these two priorities from DEIs we just spoke about or cultural indicators that also fall both within the S and the G of ESG you know you think pay and performance and succession planning, uh, it's critical we, we step back, you know, look at the issues and their impacts holistically, make sure we have a plan on how to be mindful of and address these opportunities, and also ensure we're communicating our plans with transparency with, with both our internal and external stakeholders. Yeah, and I, I think that that last point, you know, all your points are important, but I think that last point on communication is truly critical. I think, you know, without having good communication channels with all of your stakeholders, whoever they may be, whether it's your customers, your employees, your vendors, and your regulators, and, and of course, for public companies, your, your shareholders, and for, you know, more private companies, some of your, your partners or, or your internal shareholders, like, I think it's really, really important. So one, you mentioned one of the board's primary interests is being risk mitigation. So we commonly associate this area of oversight with issues such as cybersecurity threats or financial risks. Can you speak to some of the risks associated with not investing in corporate culture? Oh, absolutely. And and while those are important governance elements and 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 risk areas for sure, um, you know, first and foremost, many of the leaders listening to this podcast understand the risk of losing top talent. Um, and we are in a particularly volatile moment. Seems that the war for talents, you know, the longest standing war in human history. But but a particularly acute time now with everyone talking about the Great Resignation and so forth. But you know, em employees uh, are experiencing pandemic burnout, or, or maybe they're simply seeking new opportunities or better fit um, and are leaving their current employment in, in record numbers. You know, people and culture has to be the first and last order business to attract and retain best and brightest um, team members. It's it's especially critical at this moment, but, but at any moment, it has to be foundational for an organization to achieve the type of success that 
that comes with employees who are fully bought into the company purpose and vision and, and highly engaged and inspired. You know, a broad and deep talent bench of committed professionals you know, is, is a must-have for, for long-term success, no matter what other moves you make to, to mitigate risk. So, you know, the, the good news, it's not, it's not all dire. <laughs> you know, the good news is we, we can combat the risk. There, there are uh, tangible things we can do to engage and retain our valuable, you know, human assets. You know, according to a recent um, global study of more than 4,000 workers in the U.S., U.K., France, and China, the, respond, the respondents said, you know, interesting work, opportunities to grow, and the ability to move within a company ranked high among their expectations for workplace where they would want to stay. Um, so we can we can do it. Some of that sounds intuitive, but uh, we've got to be deliberate. Um, you know, one conversation with a, at a time with our employees to to ensure they're they're seeing what what we want them to see and experience in, in, in their work with us. Yeah. Another, another trend is a lot of pent up demand in the market and, you know, companies are going on an M&A buying spree. Um, so businesses, you know, spent more on M&A involving U.S. companies during the first half of 21 than, than any comparable period, I think, in about four decades. So, it's remarkable to see our economy bounce back, but but for me, it also brings up just how important culture is to a successful M&A strategy, you know, the people side of this, uh, for the deals to play out well. Now, that, that makes a lot of sense. And if you think about how we kind of started this conversation around cyber risk and other areas, when you think about cyber risk, most often um, it, it's through, you know, accidental or unfortunately sometimes intentional actions of people, right? So having a culture that helps build and solidify the do, doing the right thing and being aware and working together, I think is really important. So you you were just um, talking about the M&A buying spree that seems to be um, capturing, you know, globally right now at this point in time. And obviously that's something that's always kind of in the in the background or the forefront, depending on, on where you are in the economic cycle. But for BDO, <clears throat> we've seen remarkable growth over the past several years. And, and our firm has pursued a robust expansion strategy uh, where it has combined with regional accounting firms and other specialized organizations to broaden its range of service offerings. So can we dive into that a little bit more, Kathy? Um, organizations often pursue M&A as a growth strategy, but in doing so, corporate culture can really be incredibly challenging to maintain in those scenarios. So given your involvement in our expansion strategy, can you tell me more about how corporate culture plays into that decision-making process and really what boards should be aware of when they decide to pursue an M&A transaction? Yeah, thanks, Amy. It's an incredibly important point. Um, you know, and, and it's not just uh, intuitive, you know, research research proves the point. You know, there, SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management, did, did a study recently and, it, and showed that two out of three mergers fail because of cultural challenges. So even if the numbers work and, and all other ducks are in a row, if you don't have the cultural synergy, it's really hard to move forward as, as a combined team. You know, it's, it's just difficult to blend, refine, and, and unite organizational cultures that don't have a common vision and an operating platform for the future. You know, our, our experience, BDO, over the last nine years, you know, we've done 
56 expansion op opportunities. And while we've seen a lot of organic growth also, those 56 expansions have had a significant impact on both our revenue growth, our physical presence, and our professional headcount. You know, we, we've moved from about 2,500 professionals to about 10,000 now, from 618 million to just over 2 billion in revenue in that time period. And you know, the reason we've been able to successfully integrate those 56 organizations is because culture and people come first. You know, we, we ensure early alignment. Our, our due diligence starts there, right? Our executive team and our board look for strong cultural alignment in, in addition to shared business interests in order to ensure the, the best outcomes. In fact, it's our first it's our first priority. We've moved away from many possible combinations, you know, financial fit aside, strategic fit aside, um, but because of cultural and core values that that didn't align, you know. And then post combination, after the ink is dry, if you will, you know, the the work must continue. And I mentioned earlier that culture and culture equity is built over time. That's even more important in a combination scenario. The real work and the investments begin after the paperwork. You know, our, our board, um, as, as part of governing oversight of our firm's strategic plan, has, has always carefully reviewed the integration processes post-combination. One of the first things that the board focuses on is ensuring that our core values are, are front and center, as we onboard new team members and integrate, you know, processes and programs with our expansion colleagues, you know, we we you know in the end we we live by our CEO's um, philosophy. Even though we tease him that one plus one doesn't actually equal three, um, it does prove the point that that <laughs> strong organizations are are more than the sum of their parts and successful. Organizations build upon strong foundations by creating that those synergy between individuals for for the benefit of the whole. You know, to to cultivate that kind of synergy and organic growth, you, you've got to have the right foundation. It's got to be built on on trust, respect, and and understanding for it to flourish. Yeah, and and, and thank you for for um, explaining the the one plus one equals three because that's something that I've always you know struggled with in my in my you know accounting focus I'm like how do we get from two to three and then that makes a lot of sense how you just phrased it <laughs> um, no I, I think I think all of what you said is really important and I think uh, the examples that you shared based on our you know trajectory as a firm and obviously with with that, extensive expansion work that comes a lot of organic growth that, you know, would have happened on its own, but certainly is much more enabled with having a strong corporate culture that embraces everybody within its umbrella. So wanted to give you um, an opportunity for any parting thoughts you might have in terms of, of looking at culture through a leadership lens. Yeah, thanks. You know, look, our, our videos business is built on relationships where we're acutely aware of that. And that is an area of, if you will, daily investment and behaviors and, and values. And that that extends um, within our boardroom, you know, with our, all of our near 10,000 colleagues, um, plus our, our international colleagues and our clients and our external stakeholders. And we truly believe for a business model to succeed, you know, relationships and thereby culture is a business imperative. And that's that's certainly not unique to BDO. It's it's every business. Every business we all know is a relationship business, no matter the product or the service. Uh, sometimes we just don't have it top of mind in our daily uh, behavior. So 
you know, each business is built on relationships. Uh, we've we've got to have trust with our employee, everyone in this, the supply chain, if you will, our employees, our suppliers, our regulars, our communities. Uh, and by that by that logic, I'd argue every business must be people and culture first to be successful. Well, you've heard it from Kathy Moy, BDO's chief people officer in her role as a leader of our firm talking about culture. And I do want to leave everyone with a resource that I've found very valuable. A, a couple of years ago, the National Association of Corporate Directors issued a blue ribbon commission paper on culture as a corporate asset. And I think that that really helps boards work through some of the value mechanisms for considering culture and how best they can work that into their oversight responsibilities. So thank you all for joining us. I hope you'll tune in to more episodes of BDO in the Boardroom. And I want to thank Kathy for her time today. Yeah, always fun to be with you, Amy. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to BDO in the Boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO Boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit bdo.com slash BDO Knows Governance.